a great, great opportunity that we have. You know, this season brings everybody together for a bunch of different reasons. For those in the household of faith, of course, we're celebrating the birth of Christ. For those who are not in the household of faith, they're celebrating Christmas, and some of them don't even know why. But it gives us an opportunity to celebrate the greatest gift ever given to humanity. What is that gift? Of course, for those in this room, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a stupid question, John. Right? It's the gift of Christ, the only Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. In the midst of what's going on around us, you know, everybody's getting busy. If they weren't busy already, they're getting busy doing other things, getting ready for the, the celebrations, frantically shopping, standing in lineups, looking for things that aren't on the shelves, doing all those things that, that you know, we might consider to be the hustle and bustle and hassle. And for some, it brings even an element of despair. But that's not what the intent of Christmas was. Now, chronologically, the birth of Christ may not have been in December. But what we're celebrating here isn't specifically a day. It's the reason for the season. So we don't have to get caught up in the, in the dogmatics of, of the, the, the nature of the date. Because those who are not, you know, studied or scholar don't, don't know. All they need to know is that Jesus was a gift to them because God loves them. See, when we think of Christmas, I think most would agree that is it intended be, to be a time of love, of peace. You know, we hear the expression goodwill towards men. A time of family. A time of sharing together, sharing time together, and hopefully enjoying one another's company with those that you're spending time with. A time of giving and a time of generosity. But a, giving, a, 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 a time of giving oneself, not just of stuff. So there is, there is a point to all this. I will get there. I think it's to safe, safe to say in, uh, in our society, generally, that we have become very commercial. We've become very commercialized, very commodity and materialistically based. In many cases, we ascribe uh, or attri attribute greater value uh, to the cost of something than the motive or the motivation behind the gift. You know, the, the old school used to be, it's the thought that counts, not the gift. You know, whether it's a, a, a trinket from the dollar store or whether it's something that was handmade and homemade with love. It, it's not about the numeric value. And I think in a lot of times, our society has lost perspective. And I'm going to say this too, because it it um, <laughs> it's uh, I've I've lived this as an example this week. Um, 
Many actually make the mistake of drawing a compassion, or, or sorry, drawing a comparison of their own worth based on the value of the gift they receive. You feel that if, if, you know, if the gift isn't what you expected, right, that, that somehow it's a reflection of a diminished value. That's a trap, by the way, just in case you were wondering, that, that is a trap. So let me, let me say this, too, to make absolutely clear what I'm saying. First and foremost, no matter what any other human being gives you or does not give you, you are of so much value that the Heavenly Father saw fit to offer His own Son as a sacrifice for you. No matter who you are, no matter who you are, what your background is, what you've done, how many days you have or have not spent in church, the one thing I can say is that you can never say that you are not important and that you are worthless because you are not. The enemy would go around telling us that we're worthless or weak or no good. Well, we know that he's a liar and the father of lies, so we know that's not the truth. And I just said a second ago that the father loved you enough to give his only son as a sacrifice for you. So if your value is determined by the value of the gift given, Give that one a thought for a minute. Don't ever say, I'm not worth it. I'm not important. I'm just dot, dot, dot. You're not just anything. Right? Sometimes we offer a gift and say, well, you know, it's not much. It's just something. You know, it's just a little something to show appreciation. Well, we're kind of, we're kind of, saying, you know, I would have loved to give you more, but this is, you know, as much as I, I could really <laughs> ascribe to this package. But the one thing that, that we need to remember when somebody does that to us is that they have actually done something that probably 90% of the people around you have not done. They have taken the time to think about you and to give you a gift. Pause on that for a second. So it's never just a little thing, just a little something. You know, well, I'm just a this, or I'm just a that. No. We need to understand, and again, I know I'm preaching to the converted here. I'm talking to the Thursday night people. But I know that there's people out there that may not be regular listeners or regular viewers. We thank you for allowing us to come into your, wherever it is you're watching us, whether it's the car, whether it's your house, your home, your cottage, your apartment, the back deck. Thank you for opening your house to us tonight. 
or today or this morning, <laughs> depending on where you are. This is timeless. It's amazing. See, we need to understand that if you were the only one, God would have done it. That's how much love and how much value he places on you. Even one among millions. Let's go right to the word because I just, I need to, I need to get into the word. Very familiar passage of scripture, just to back up everything I've just said. John, the gospel of John 3, 16. And I'm reading in, as you might guess, the New Living Translation. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only, his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Everyone that's within this room, but within the sound of my voice, this applies to you. The God we love, follow, and serve is such a good God that it's not where his, this gift that he gave us through Jesus, that's not where his grace and mercy end. That's not where his generosity ends. See, when we accept the Lord as Savior, he takes up residence in us. So here's now we're getting to what I really wanted to get to. The, 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 message, the, the title for the message today is called The Gift Within. Let's turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 3.15. Well, praise the Lord. What's going on here? Yeah, it is. Helps if I read the right paragraph. So there's numbers for a reason. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, so, 1 Corinthians 3. And I'm going to start in verse 16. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? See, we become a vessel for him because the gift of God dwells in us. Now, there's a direction I'm going to go with this here in a second and try to get there. See, we become a vessel for him, so he never leaves us or forsakes us because he's in us. He's never far from us because he's in us. He dwells in us wherever we go. So what does this mean? Well, let's break it down a little bit. Again, going to use Scripture to back all this up. And I can tell already. <laughs> I'm going to have to modify this, Lord. Help me. You gave all this to me. Obviously, I'm supposed to share it. Hmm. 
The simplest, most basic word I can I can break it down to describe what is God, right? Let's, and I'm going to stick just with Scripture for a second. Of course, it's really what we need to skip to all the time. Nothing else really matters. Anything else is speculation or opinion. So if we stick with the Word, we know we're, we're not wrong. So I'm not making this up. God is love, right? 1 John 4, starting in verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into this world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, and God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us, furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God, <clears throat> sorry, all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. So, God is love. God is in us. That means that love is in us. We need to go around wherever we go, whatever we do, carrying and showing forth the love of God. Just pause on that for a minute. I venture to say that everyone in this room has been somewhere today and has witnessed somebody that was not displaying the love of God towards someone else. There may even be a few of us in this room. <laughs> there are opportunities for us to show forth many things other than the glory of God. 
We don't have to take those opportunities, <laughs> but there are plenty of them. See, the more we let God fill us, and the more of Him we allow in us, the more of Him will come out. See, it, it, this is all, remember, this is all in the context of the gift within. Because had we not accepted the Lord Jesus as our Savior, that gift is not in us. The gift has been given for all. But in order for a gift to be given, it has to be received. And sometimes the best gift has to be, you know, it has to be given. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to bring it into a, a couple of at-home examples. Every week here, at least two or more times a week, we are blessed with the ability to come and to gather into this place. We come to gather in fellowship with people of like precious faith, we get to sit under the ministry of some of the amazing gifts of God. We get to listen to wonderful musicians. We get to listen to wonderful singers. We get to listen to wonderful men and women of God teach, preach, and deliver the word of truth to us. We get to experience different styles of speaking, different styles of music, Different delivery and varieties of flavor. Flavor's good. With the praise and worship, we get to lift up these heavy hands and break off those heavy bands and try to, that, that try to subdue us and keep us downtrodden and weighed down. We get to hear the Word of God delivered to us so that our lives can be marvelously and wonderfully changed and transformed. But I can tell you this much, that if Joey and Jordan and Pastor Paul and Ashton and Willow and Stephen and Joanne and Nick and... Dawn, all the ones who have been up here and will be up here, right? If they didn't take their instrument and learn how to play it, when we came here on a Thursday night, we'd be listening to something entirely different. I have picked up a guitar before. It doesn't play itself. <laughs> and, and I can pluck on strings, and it doesn't sound like I want. So we have, in the presence, gifted musicians who have taken that gift and have taken the initiative and have made the commitment to practice, to become skillful on their instrument. And you know what? It's not a once and done thing. You don't just learn it once and then you can walk away and just pick it up again anytime you want. 
There are some things that you may not forget, but I know things like speed and agility take practice. To get smooth and even, to get your phrasing right, not just your vocal phrasing, but your actual instrumental phrasing, right? To know which note and which key and which chord. All this stuff doesn't happen on its own. Now, we have wonderful people who also submit to the Spirit of God, who can use them and move through them. And we're starting to get into levels of that that we haven't seen in a long, long time. But if they don't yield their gift to him, clunk, it just ends. There's two guitars on the stage. There's a full set of drums. There's a bass. I'm going to stop talking for a second and tell me which of them you hear. I hear water gurgling in heating pipes. Right? Crickets. <laughs> right? There is a gift. Right? That gift has been placed within them. But if they stayed home tonight, their gift would not have been brought and we could not have received it. If Ashton didn't start singing the song tonight, when it was her turn to lead, right, there would have been nobody leading that song. Because I know I get the same sound if I say, who's singing now? Nobody. See, if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, and again, you know, having been part of, of the, the music ministry and stuff around for a long time, I see what goes on. A lot, of, a lot of folks in church don't have any idea. You know, the fact that, that these people have to learn the songs that they play. Because it's not just, you know, something you can plug in and just download and get it. It would be awesome if it happened that way. But no. Now, some are gifted with the ability to hear it once and know it, right? That gift is rare, but there are people that have it. And some can, can hear a note and know instantly, oh, that's a C flat, or that's a C sharp, or an F, or that's a G minor chord, or major chord, or whatever. Me? Mm-mm. Nope. Even when I took music theory, I didn't do so well. So there are things like, when, when, you know, it, it ha they have to learn it. And then they come together, and before you ever hear them here, right, guess what? They have to practice together. And that's how we get to hear the different parts all come together. We get to hear the harmonies. They just, they just don't happen. The gift has to be given Right? It was originally imparted by God to them. They have taken that gift and appreciated it by developing it and using it. They further appreciate it by giving that gift back to God as an offering and also bringing it to us that we can enjoy, that we can enter in, so that we may be stirred to actually develop the gift that is in us. 
Because we may see the same 10 people up and down off the platform, but if there's 50 people in the room, there's probably more than 10 people with gifts. Just saying. We're not supposed to keep our light under a bushel. And not every gift is for public performance either. There are some gifts that are kind of left between you and God, and that's the best way it should be. There are other gifts that are meant to be shared with many. So just because a gift is given doesn't mean it necessarily comes naturally. There is effort. Let's look at another example for a minute. If I said the word diamond, what do you think of? Some are looking at their ring. Shiny, (laughs) sparkly, pretty, precious, right? How did it get to be that way? Pressure and heat. (laughs) All right. And, and, And did it just come out of the ground like it is right now in your ring? Or on your necklace or earrings or whatever it is it may be? Um, Nope. There had to be a finding. There had to be a mining. There had to be a processing. There had to be a cutting. There had to be a polishing. It's a beautiful, natural element. But the way we see it is not the way it started. There is effort. So sometimes the gift, those precious gems in us, need a little bit of work. You know, sometimes in that lump of coal, there is a diamond, (laughs) but it takes some effort to get out. Let's use another example for a minute. Let's look at some of the precious metals. Let's look at gold, silver, platinum, Same thing. They have to be found. They don't just show up on your finger. They don't just show up in the jewelry store. And they're not all automatically round and perfectly shaped and polished and shiny and smooth and molded into these wonderful shapes. No. They have to go through that mining and that refining and processing. And and some stuff, they actually have to be melted so that they become liquid and moldable. And as part of that process, the impurities are often brought to the surface and then they're scooped off. It's called the dross and the dross is removed and it's heated again. And more dross comes and it's to the point that when the Smith looks into the, into that crucible It's like a a mirror, shiny. And the more pure the metal is, the shinier that molten metal. Then it can be taken and molded and shaped and fashioned. We would call it a precious metal. We would call them precious gems. We often receive them as gifts. But do you see what I'm getting at here? Do you see how I'm, I'm trying to draw the, 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 the comparison and the parallel? There is a gift that has been given to each and every one of us here in this room. We need to take that gift and appreciate it. 
We need to take that gift and nurture it and develop it and refine it and use it. Offer it as a gift. First and foremost to, the, to our, our God and maker because everything we have comes from him. Certainly everything good comes from him. Wow. Okay. One last, one last thought on this before I go on, and we'll read some scriptures before I close, because I, d- I don't want to end just on stories and, and illustrations. But every week, we will take stuff for the sanitation engineers to take away on our behalf. We'll take garbage to the curb, right? Stuff that we don't want anymore. Stuff that's being used maybe spoiled at this point. There are pickers that come by, usually between the time we put the stuff out and the time the garbage guys, or sanitation engineers, come and pick it up, right? Because what one man sees as junk, another man sees as treasure. <laughs> we can we can we can often repurpose and reuse things and see something in something that someone else might not but not everything that we have we're supposed to keep that's say yeah you go go hallelujah I know I'm not alone then. <laughs> See, this, this Christian walk, it takes practice. It, it doesn't, you know, like a lot of it is, is downloaded into us and flows through it. But, but we, have to, we have to allow it to move through us. The Lord, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He won't overrule us. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to give sway. We, he will willingly lead us if we will willingly follow. If we're unwillingly following, it's much harder. right? And you cannot steer a parked car. Let's go, to, uh, let's go back to the Word here again for a minute. Romans, uh, Romans chapter 1. So again, remember the, the, the topic, just in case we forgot, the gift within. Romans 1, uh, verse 10. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. See, there's a two-way exchange here, right? So Paul is saying, I want, to, I want to bring a gift that I might encourage and strengthen you, but I also want to be encouraged and strengthened by your gifts. Let's skip on a few few chapters to Romans 5. 
This is a big one. Romans 5 and 15. It says, there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. Just again, so we know where, where it's coming from that we're talking about. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. It will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So we get to triumph. And it's all because of a gift. That gift is within. In Romans 6.23, so just a couple pages over in the next, next chapter, for the wages of sin is death, but the three, the free, free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. All right. So back, to, so we know we know the primary gift that is given, and again, kind of started because of the Christmas season and gift giving, and the, this kind of how this is all kind of spun into place. Romans twelve, and I won't keep you long, I promise. Romans twelve, starting in verse four, just a. Just as, and, and, and catch this, right? Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Who do we belong to? Okay. In his grace, God has given us different gifts. That's plural there, right? Different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. I love, this. I love that line. Why, why, do, why do you think you had to put that there? Because obviously somebody was pretending to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. There's another strange commodity in this day and age. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. 
Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy and those who, with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people just like you. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. I'll stop there. That's pretty good, isn't it? Do we have our marching orders or what? I didn't write this, right? Like, I may have written it down, but I didn't write this. I did not compose this. Don't shoot the messenger. Right? Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Maybe we need to watch our sarcasm sometimes, you know. Sometimes we, we need to watch our, our off-the-cuff remarks, even if they seem to be in jest. Be cautious, because not everybody interprets what you say the way that you intended them to. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. There is so much more. We're not going to get time to all of them. But 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you. Now that you belong to Christ Jesus, through him God has enriched your church in every way with all your eloquent words, all your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need. You hear that? Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on that day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we are in partnership. All right, I think maybe I'll close with this one. Two more. Can I do two more? Okay. First, First Corinthians 12, verse 4. This, this is a big one, especially when, we, when we're referring to gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. So the purpose of the gift is what? Okay, can we say that again? The purpose of the gift is to? Help each other, okay. Just wanted to make sure I read that right. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. 
He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while others is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And the purpose of the gift is to help each other. Okay, good. You remembered. Just check it. All right. And with, the, with this, I'll close. Again, and there's, there's so much more. It's like I said, you, you know, you stop. You don't finish, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'll end with this. Um, first, first Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7. Don't, don't let this be a downer. The end of the world is coming soon. <laughs> yeah, we, we, <laughs> but not yet. But there is, there is a purpose behind this. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So now let's not lose sight of the great gift that is within. The gift that he has given to us, for us, but then the gift that is within us, for us to bring to others. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, we'll just close in prayer. Father, again, we thank you and I, and I want to thank and recognize Pastor Gary and Pastor Nancy for the ability to be able to come here and to speak the word. Thank you for them as gifts. For Pastor Paul and Pastor Shirley. For all the gifts that you have given us here. We just take a moment to recognize the gifts that you have placed in our midst. We recognize their place, their office, their authority. We do give you praise and honor. We thank you for them. And Father, we thank you that, that each and every one is learning to stir up the gift that is in them. That we would indeed be those who are quick to encourage, quick to stir up those around us quick to meet the need. Not as a human support, but a vessel, a human vessel in your hands. Let us be the glove that your hand fits in. 
Father, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your leading. We thank you for your teaching. I thank you that as your word has gone forth, that it is your word that stirs. It is your word that brings forth change. It is your word that ministers comfort and not condemnation. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit in us. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory in thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.